Welcome to Nature Therapy Online. Hello folks and welcome to Nature Therapy Online. I'm Stephen McCabe, I'm an ecotherapist living in Scotland. Um, many of you who are regular listeners um, know who I am, obviously, but if you're new to the podcast, then welcome and, and thank you so much for being here at our little audio place where we explore the connections between positive mental health and, and nature and the the beautiful world that's all around us. So. I'm sat here today with um, in my little attic with my dog Yoro next to me. Again, regular listeners will know that Yoro likes to um, come along and sometimes try to dig holes in my sofa and um, yeah, kind of you know test to test test my patience out as I'm trying to go into a, a calm place. He's a lovely little dog. At the moment, he's um, what, what's he doing under there? He's he's just washing his legs and making himself at home he he usually joins me when he hears that i begin to talk so um he demands to be comfortable but don't we all we all like to be comfortable don't we so so yeah i like to explain that just to let you know if you hear any rustling sounds in the background it's um it, it, it's euro but it could be quite relevant actually for the um podcast today because today i want to tell a nature story so those of you who have tuned in before know that I'm really interested in the connections between stories and mythology and nature. And I believe that stories and, and especially traditional stories really tune us into nature and, and I think take us to a place in our imagination that connects us with the world around us in a really deep and fundamental way. Um, I suppose what I'm trying to say, um, not too articulately today, um, is that stories themselves can be a form of nature therapy um, and ecotherapy. I think it's not just about being outside in nature. I think it's also about cultivating positive seeds in our minds and in our imaginations because deep in our imaginations there are, you know, there are thousands upon thousands of years of human history that's programmed into us. And I think that's what these stories pass down. So the story I want to tell today is called Fox and Dog. And this story was uh, originally a story that was told amongst the Scottish travellers community. So... There aren't too many Scottish travellers left in Scotland now, um, but the the culture of Scottish travellers was really rich when it came to stories. So like a lot of travelling communities here in the UK and, and probably in other parts of the world, um, they were very much uh, judged and, and marginalised. Yet at the same time, we have so much to thank those communities for in Scotland because the stories that were told 
and uh, the stories that are a part of, of Scottish history were really kept alive by those communities and in some cases created by those communities. Um, so, you know, there are, of course, plenty of Scottish travellers still living today, you know, and, and, and I think uh, this story is a beautiful message from the, the life of freedom that the travellers live, you know, live, you know, travelling from from farm to farm for work, um, as as people did traditionally, and living out in nature, perhaps building tents in new areas, and then living there for a while and moving on and entertaining each other by telling amazing stories. And this is one of those stories that came down to me through my storyteller mentor Daniel Allison who took this from a recording of a Scottish traveller so um, it's called Fox and Dog and I hope you enjoy it so not so long ago in the Midlothian area of Scotland there was a beautiful fox and he lived down in the South Esk Valley where there are lush trees and a beautiful river that flows. The sound of the river is overwhelming down there and hardly any people tread through this valley. It's a place that's alive with deer and foxes and badgers at night. And at the particular moment of our story, it was springtime. It was so green down there, you wouldn't believe. There was the smell of fresh garlic. The fox had been out hunting in the morning, but he hadn't had much success today. He was trotting along the river, feeling at home, feeling a part of this beautiful surroundings, actually feeling remarkably at peace and that's the feeling that foxes get in spring and this fox believe it or not had quite a quite a fancy english accent because it is a fox who could talk and as he's sitting by the river he says to himself i've never felt so at peace in all my life what a beautiful place this is. He sits down and he stretches out his legs. Even though he's a little hungry, he decides that he'll just lie down here, listen to the rushing sound of the river and just relax. And just as his eyes are falling asleep, he hears a sound in the distance. He stands up. He is still with absolute fear. It can't be. Can it be that sound? No, it can't be. That has not happened down here for years. The fox stands still and thinks to himself, this is not happening. This has not happened down here since that day when I was a small fox and the dogs came. 
sent by the human hunter and they ripped my mother to shreds in front of me. This cannot be happening now. And he tells himself that it's just something that happened in his mind as he was falling asleep. And as he's telling that to himself a little bit louder and a little bit closer, he hears it again. And all of a sudden, the fox decides, I need to run. It's happening. The fox hunter is here. And he begins to run. And he just goes through, through the woodlands. He runs up as the valley starts to get closer and closer to the little gate into the village, which he swore he would never go to because he does not want to mix with human beings. But he can hear the dogs getting closer to him now. He can hear them kind of drooling and sniffling and... <laughs> As they get closer to him, running up behind him, he hears the sound of hooves. He knows that the human is getting closer with its evil trumpet of joy almost in the air for the people, but just this feeling of horror for the fox. And he can feel a dog snap to his left and a dog snap to his right, but he's just ahead of them only just ahead of them and he looks up at the little gate at the top of the hill and somehow by some miracle someone has tied a little rope to the gate he runs up to the little gate and he goes into the village he grabs hold of the rope that's attached to the gate and he pulls the rope and slams it shut and just continues to run and as he runs he feels this sense of safety an exhaustion. He knows that that closing of the gate gave him enough time between him and the dogs and just saved his life. But he's exhausted. He just runs and he runs, even though he's out of energy and he's so thirsty and he's so hungry. Why couldn't he have caught a rabbit that morning of all mornings? His stomach is growling and he's just going through the streets. He's never been on concrete for so long before. Imagine his soft little fox paws. They became so sore. They became so sensitive. You know that feeling when you're a child or it may have happened as an adult when you fall and you scrape the palms of your hands and your knees on the floor. That's just how the fox's little paws felt. And even though he knew he was safe, he just didn't want to take the risk. He kept thinking about that day when he was a little fox, when he saw what happened to his mother from the dogs. And he was so hungry. And as that moment passes with a stomach is growling like it's never growled before with this poor fox, he finds himself around the back of a small street. There's a small stream running along and he comes to a low like a low wall, an old stone wall, the kind that they have through a lot of cottages in Scotland at the back of houses. And he smells something absolutely delicious. His little fox nose begins to twitch. <laughs> mm. 
taste that delicious smell. <laughs> I've never smelled anything like it in my life. But he can also smell canine. And yet, something in him, something inside the fox told him to take the risk of peeking over this wall. And he did. He put his two sore paws on top of the wall and pulled himself up. Imagine his little red fluffy face looking over this wall. Absolutely dishevelled from this run. Leaves stuck all over his head. His eyes looking exhausted. His little nose just twitching in the air. He looks over into this garden and sees a small hut that you and I know as a kennel. And inside this hut is the happiest looking dog you have ever seen in your life. This dog's tail was wagging so much you wouldn't believe it. And he looks over at the fox and he's absolutely delighted to see the fox there. The dog sits in the kennel and he looks over and he says... Hello, son. What are you doing at the wall there? Why don't you come over and have some food? I've got some lovely dog food here. Comes from a tin, but it's all right. It's not a bad one. Do you want some? You look famished. Come on, son. Jump over the wall. The fox, wary, but incredibly hungry, looks at the friendliness in this dog's face and decides it's worth the risk. He pulls himself over and he says, That's very kind of you, sir. I don't mind if I do. And the dog says, Oh, it's all right, son. You tuck in. I get fed this all the time. It's nothing for me. He nudges the bowl with his nose. He pushes it over to the fox and the fox just tucks in. He is so hungry. His stomach is like... The dog asks him about his life as a fox. The dog is really curious. What's it like being a fox then? What's it like being so free and having all that life in front of you? No one to hold you back, do what you want. But the fox tells him all about his life. He tells him that there are people out there on horses who kill foxes for pleasure. He tells him about the days of hunger. He tells him about the forest where he's ran from and the other side of his life, about how, how much he loves to live there, the peaceful moments amongst the hunger and the fear. And in turn, the dog tells the fox all about how it is to live where he is. He's given food as often as he wants. He sits in his, in his kennel and he's well looked after. He never goes without food. And the dog looks at the fox and gives him a proposal. The dog suggests to the fox that they swap places. Because you see, the dog, like most dogs, more than anything, just wants love and affection of a human being. And he doesn't get that from his people. He gets a lot of food he's left in the kennel a lot of the time whereas the fox doesn't really care about company foxes largely like to live alone and the fox 
looks at the food. This was delicious food, by the way. This was, you know, just the average supermarket dog food, but the fox had never tasted anything like this. His stomach was growling in appreciation. And the fox is about to say yes. I'm not thinking of the practical things, like how are the humans not going to notice that all of a sudden there's a fox instead of a dog in the garden? You know, this wasn't a well-thought-out plan. And just as he's about to say yes, he looks closer and he sees around the dog's neck a chain pulling against his neck. What? This dog is a prisoner. He follows the chain with his eyes inside what looks like a cosy looking kennel and sees that the chain is hammered to the back of the kennel. And the fox, he looks at the dog. This friendly dog who's given up his food for him and he says, I'm very sorry, my friend. I've thought about your proposition, but I'm afraid that it's freedom and hunger for me. And the fox disappears over the wall. But he comes back to visit the dog each and every day. And he gives the dog the company that he craves. And in return, the dog feeds the fox and gives him the food that he needs in his new town life. And that is the story of the fox and the dog. So folks, I really hope you appreciate the, the story that's been handed down to us from the Scottish traveller community. I certainly do. I am... Um, I'm still learning a lot of storytelling skills myself, so I hope that I did it justice and that you were, you managed to stay engaged to the end there. So I certainly enjoyed telling it, and, and Yoro was next to me, um, giving his approval of being featured, and his kind being featured in a story. So, um, so yeah, thanks very much, folks. Um, as I've mentioned before... Um, I have online ecotherapy courses and um, I, I love working with people online, setting people exercises to do and, and, and helping you to connect with nature. And what, one of the units is about stories and, and, and myths. So if, if this is uh, a, 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 an approach to nature therapy that appeals to you, then uh, head over to my courses website, which is naturecourses.info and have a look around there um, and you can get in touch with me anytime and I'm really open to your ideas about what we can do with the podcast also so if you ideas have you have ideas I should say about things that you would like me to to do on the podcast um ecotherapy topics you would like me to discuss um, anything at all and if you have tips about how you engage with nature please do let me know and share your ideas with me. So that's the end of this episode, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and take care until next time. Bye-bye.
visit me online at naturetherapyonline.net.